All right, you guys, how many of you love that movie? It doesn't matter, does it? I can't believe how many times I've seen that stupid scene and I still laugh every single time. And uh, just like that, right, when heaven and earth collide, you know, almost as glorious as Clark's outdoor Christmas lights. And they could not have chosen, right, a better song when the lights finally come together, the hallelujah chorus is playing, right, because something glorious happens when these two things finally come together. And here's what's true. How frustrating is it when you have done all the work that you can do, you've studied it, you've put it together, you did all the effort, you even understand how it works, and you put it together, and it doesn't work. And how many times do we feel that about our life? Like, I I know many of us, the scene right there is the scene of your life, and you're boom, and you're hitting, and you're, you're just so frustrated because you can't seem to experience the life that you believe you could have. And I want to say, I would say many of us in this room who are Christians are still kicking our displays and really frustrated because we have this belief that we have a power source, and if the power source comes together, then something supernatural should be happening in our lives, and why isn't it happening? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. This whole Christmas when heaven and earth collide. So last week, if you weren't here, we talked about the collision that happened in Bethlehem, where humanity and divinity collided in Christ. And then we actually got to see the image of God in Jesus. And we got to see what humanity should actually and can actually look like. Emmanuel. We're going to sing it later today. Emmanuel. God was with us, heaven and earth collided in the person of Jesus Christ. So he revealed the way of God, the truth of God, and the love of God. And today, what we're gonna talk about is how this collision between heaven and earth can take place and does take place in our hearts. Our question for today is can divinity collide with humanity inside of me? Can the way and the truth and the life of God actually become mine? So we're going to look at separation, reconciliation, new creation, and then a realization. And I'm going to, I, I just told Susie again when I get up here, I go, man, I'm just going to be, hold, you all, hold myself super accountable. I, I'm going to bust through these first three points because I believe we talk about them a lot here, but we must understand these first three points And then we got to camp on the fourth one about realization. How do we actually make this collision of heaven and earth inside my heart? How do we realize it and make it real? All right? So let's pray, and then we'll dive in. God, we stop on this Sunday morning to lift you up, to focus on you, to set our eyes on you. We've been distracted with tons of things all week long, just like usual. But we're here now today, and I ask in the name of Jesus that during this hour, that you would make yourself known, that you would clear away the fog, that you would help us to understand deeply this reality of how heaven and earth collide in our heart. God, may you move away our frustration and instead give us the peace and the rest for our soul that you say is ours through the Prince of Peace, 
who we celebrate this Christmas. And I pray you'd bring that to all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So it is pretty fascinating, even in creation, this whole idea that two separate things can come together and form something new. I'm just stopping it, just even hydrogen and oxygen, that two gases can somehow come together, and when they do, they become water. They become something completely different. By definition, for two things to collide, they initially have to separate. So, number one, let's just look at this reality that God's trying to help us to understand. And that is that there is a separation. Colossians 1.21. Oh, by the way, yeah, uh, grab your phones if you want, your, your Bibles, open up to the book of Colossians. We're going to be, in lot, almost all of our scripture will be in the book of Colossians today. And again, if you have our K2 app, the notes and the scriptures are all in there. So you can just follow right along on that app. All right? Colossians 1.21. Once you were alienated from God... And you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Once you were alienated, there is separation between humanity and God. Now, there wasn't, that wasn't always the case. In the original creation in the Garden of Eden, heaven and earth were actually together. God and humanity were together. There was no separation. And yet our de- desire for independence from God The whole lie that happened in the garden says you can be like God, you don't need him. And so now, as human beings, every single one of us is born now with a nature that just feels like we want to be in control of our own life. So that scripture says, you were alienated from God, separate, your enemies in your minds. So in other words, somehow in here, in where we think, we're actually hostile to God. So here's a few ways I think that we're enemies in our minds. We think things like God isn't good, or we think that he doesn't love us, or that he's not worth trusting. And as soon as we don't think that God loves us or that he's not trusting, then what we begin to think is that there are other things out there that are better than God, that are more satisfying than God, that I should devote my life to. That's what we think. And then we start to believe that what's really going to give my, me my value and, and, and what's going to help me to feel what, what will fulfill me is if I do something really, really well and you esteem me, I finally feel like I'm valuable. So what happens in our minds is we get this idea, okay, you can do this. You can be like God. You can be in control of your life. You can make the right decisions. But as soon as it's up to you, then you have to do it. And as soon as you have to do it, it ends up being all about you. So look at the scripture again, if you can keep it up there. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds, and then what it leads to is when our thinking's messed up, then we start having really bad behavior. So here's some of the behaviors, right? When we feel like we have to do it, they're striving. Some of you right now, man, you are striving to feel fulfilled, striving to feel valuable, striving to be loved. And it leads to stress and anxiety. So others of us, another evil behavior is we start withdrawing. We put on masks to hide because we're not doing very well. We we avoid the risk of relationship because we've experienced rejection. And so next thing you know, we start withdrawing. And some of you right now, you know you're not fully engaged. And you're like, God, this is so frustrating to me because I don't have great relationships and I want that. I feel made for that. So striving, withdrawing, the third evil behavior is judging. 
When it's all about your behavior, the next thing you do is, well, then it's all about everybody else's behavior. And you, do, you have pride when you're good at it. You have envy when you see that other people are better than you. And you feel shame when you don't do it well. And none of those things, pride, they, they just destroy our relationships. So striving, withdrawing, judging. And then when everything isn't working, we start compromising. And that is when we finally start to wake up and we go, you know what? I'm compromising. I am involved in behaviors that I don't even want to be involved in. But the pain of not feeling loved, the pain of feeling like a failure is just too much. And so now we eat because eating makes me feel good. And now we shop because if I have new stuff, it makes me feel good. Sex, substance abuse, all of these things bring a pleasure and we start compromising. And all of this, what the Bible says is happens because you're alienated from God. Because you don't think rightly about God. All right? So there's separation. But here's the good news. There's reconciliation. <laughs> and just if you look up in the thesaurus, by definition, in thesaurus, it means to bring together, to merge, and to join. Here's where heaven and earth start to collide. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 through 22 God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ. So what we talked a lot about last week, this is Christmas, you guys, that Jesus had the fullness of God inside of him. Verse 20, and through him and through Christ to reconcile all things, to reconcile to himself all things. Here it is, man. God is going, in Christ, I'm going to take this thing that's separated and I'm going to bring it back together. Hallelujah, right? This is it. There is, inside of you, is everything that you need to receive everything that God is. And he's ready to reconcile us and to have a hallelujah moment with your life. So here he goes, he continues on. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, how? by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once, here's that verse, you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you. Heaven and earth, they're come together and there's a collision now inside of you guys. This is what Christianity is all about. By Christ's physical body, through death, to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But here's what we need to understand. When reconciliation happens, when you and God get back together, he says you go from being guilty of sin over here to having no blemish and no accusation. You go from being a hostile thinker against God, not thinking that an enemy against God. God, you're not worthy of trust. You don't love me. You, I should not give you my life. You get, that's all gone. You get a new mind and your evil behavior starts to subside. No more striving, no more withdrawing, no more judging, and no more compromising. You go from that hostility to peace. And that's what God wants to do in reconciliation. How's it happen? Number three, there's a new creation. Separation, reconciliation, it leads to new creation. Look at this. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, 
is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles this glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, this is where I got to really pray for me, honey, that I keep going. Because here's, here's I, we talk about this for 12 years here at K2. We've been talking about this is what Christianity is. But I'm going to share with you some stuff as we keep going. I've been trying to meditate on this reality for the last three months. And I, I still, this is a mystery. This is so supernaturally profound that we're going to need God's spirit to help us today <laughs> to figure this out. But here's what he's saying. When you're no longer separated from God, and when you come together and are reconciled, you have Christ in you. There is a collision in your heart. Divinity and humanity collide in you. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So so first of all, he says, here's the, here's the, the hope of glory, right? Hallelujah. What is going to give you the hallelujah moment? Christ in you is going to make you come alive. But then he goes, but if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Here's what it's talking about. Here is the mystery. Christ, when you receive Christ, when you put your faith in him, Christ comes inside of you and you actually come inside of Christ. It is so supernaturally profound. So today, best illustration, used it before, but good day to use it because today is my second daughter Ashlyn's birthday. Turning 14 today, beautiful, sweet girl. So again, what happened, right? One cell from Susie and one cell from me collided. That happened, and when those two cells collided, we have a new creation, and she's called Ashlyn. And you know what you don't do? You don't go, well, is, is Ashlyn in her dad, or is Ashlyn in her mom? It's like, no, no, she's just a new creation. Somehow these two things, when they became one, create something new. Somehow when hydrogen and oxygen, which are completely separate, come together, they create something new. I'm telling you guys, God, all through his creation, physically, was trying to help us understand what could happen in you spiritually. You can become an absolutely, completely new creation. Now, how hallelujah is that collision? How impactful? What happens in me? Look at what the verse says. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. Okay, now Christians, if you're not a Christian man, you are going to, this is, this is the heart and soul of our message. If you're a Christian, and I talk to so many of you so many times, I'm telling you right now, you don't yet really believe this. And that's why, even though you've received Christ and all the cords are there, there's no hallelujah. It's because we've got to believe this. What's true about you? The old has gone. So as soon as you receive Christ, Christ comes inside of you. That means all of your sin 
everything, everything, all, all of your sin is gone. All of the punishment is gone. All of the separation is gone. The old person is gone. Hostility into your mind toward God. Striving, withdrawing, judging, compromising. That whole life, no more. And then he says, the old is gone and the new is here. The new's here. What is the new? It's Christ. Literally. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. You guys, once you're a Christian, Christian, there has been, and you're not, can I just say, and you're not a Christian until Christ has literally come inside you and filled you with his spirit and made you a new creation. (laughs) That's what Christianity actually is. That's the whole message. And so that's the glory. And you know, so what does God say? What does Jesus say? So as soon as you receive me, right, I want you to get baptized is what he says. So let's look at the glory of baptism. Colossians chapter 2, 9 through 12. Why does he say get baptized? Look at this. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Okay, there we go. We got Christmas again. He's why I want you to make I'm sure you understand this. In Christ, all of God lived in bodily form. And look at this next verse. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. This is phenomenal. This is what we've got to figure out. What does he mean? In Christ was the fullness of God, but as soon as I get in Christ, I'm brought to fullness. Past tense too, right? In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. So as soon as you receive Christ, it's a past tense thing. You have everything that you need for life and godliness because you have Jesus in you and you are in him. The chasm between heaven and earth has been bridged and in the spiritual realm, you are in him and he's in you. Real quick, look at this. He's the head, Jesus is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Now just remember, talking to the Jewish people here, circumcision was a big deal. It's how they knew they were identified with God. Your whole, now look at this. But when you receive Christ spiritually, he says, you received a circumcision, but not done by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So when you receive Christ, what he's saying is that whole nature inside of you that couldn't follow God is cut off and done away with. It doesn't even exist anymore. And you having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Okay? Now, Jesus, help me. (laughs) This is the stuff I want you to understand that I am wrestling to fully understand. Now, every time we do baptism, we explain something about that term. The term baptism simply meant to dip. 
And you would take, now many of you have heard this over and over again, but we have to understand this because it's true about you. You take a white cloth and you dip it into the dye. And when it comes out of the dye, it is no longer the same. It is completely new. Why? Because the cloth went in to the dye and the dye went in to the cloth. And it is new. And so here's what Jesus is saying. When you receive me, you and I became one. You and I spiritually became one. And so what happens in baptism? You take this person, right? And you go, have you put your faith in Christ? Yes. Have you received him? Yes. Well, then you need to understand, bam. Then when Jesus Christ was dying on the cross, guess what? So did you. That's what Paul is saying because you're one with him. And so when, you, when Jesus died and when all of the sin was being punished in Christ, you were in Christ, which means all of your sin has already been punished. This is the greatest news in all the world. You've been baptized into his death. So then when Jesus died, you died. And so he carried your sin. There's, now here's what's true about you. And here's what's true about me. There is no sin in me because I'm united with Christ and Christ absorbed my sin. God has already punished everything I will ever do. Some of you need to hear that today. Some of you have so much shame and you're sitting here going, there's no way that I could be hallelujah. There's no way that I could ever have a life that's glorious, that's free, that's powerful, that's loving. But what you're saying is that you aren't worthy of God. And that's no, it's not true. Because as soon as you receive Christ, everything, listen to me, everything you have ever done, if you've received Christ, is in him. And he, God sees you now, as we read earlier, without blemish and without accusation. Is that not good news? Now listen, here's what's really good news. That means what you do tomorrow has already been put in Christ. There is no sin that you will ever do once you're in Christ that hasn't been absorbed by him. You have had a collision in your heart. You have been born again of God. You are a new creation baptized into his death, it's gone. But that's only half of it, right? You don't hold them down there forever, right? Unless they've been really bad, then you shake them, right? <laughs> if you know they've had a lot of sin, you just hold them down. No, <clears throat> but as soon as you put them down, you raise them. Why? Because he said, you have also, just as you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were raised with him. Okay, oh, this is so... Fascinating. Right now, 10.15, right now, 10.15, on Sunday, December 18th of 2016, I am in Christ. And Christ rose from the dead. And so did I.
What does that mean? Hallelujah, right? Put it together. Here's what it means. The chasm, the chasm between heaven and earth no longer exists in me. In the Garden of Eden, God walked with Adam and Eve. And there was perfect fellowship. But this weird thinking that God isn't enough caused us to be separated from him. But when I put my faith in Christ, God reconciled me to himself. And now, what does that mean? As soon as I receive Christ, he's in me and I'm in him. Here's what, here's, and here's where we're going to watch this next verse. This is fascinating. Right now, heaven and earth are no longer separated. See, and we oftentimes, even when we did our heaven series, right? We're like, someday, and it's true. Someday we're going to, in fullness, be with him. But what Jesus Christ did is he brought heaven and earth together. And he can do it inside of our hearts. So let's talk about the realization. Because you guys, here's what we have to come to this realization. Look at, look at these definitions. What's the definition of realization? Number one, it's an act of becoming fully aware of something as fact. <laughs> and here's what I know, even for all of us who are Christians. We got to get away from the Christianity is me going to church and trying to be a good person. That's not what Christianity is. We have to become fully aware. We need to realize the fact that when I received Christ, when you received Christ, and if you're not a Christian today, you, if you will receive Christ, he is in you and you are in him. All your sin is gone and you've been raised. We have to believe that. Here's the, and here's the second definition of realization. It's the fulfillment or achievement of something desired or anticipated. Come on, man. How, how many of you, along with me, anybody desire in here to be completely free? Does anybody desire to have some peace, to have some joy, to have love flowing out of your heart? And here's what I know. Every one of us desires, by the way, when Jamie Winship was here, right? Almost every person I talked to, all the women are going, we're crashing the men's event. Because we need to hear what that guy says. And I tell him, here's what I say. Here, you know why you guys want to hear Jamie so bad? Because you want to live like him. That's all. You want to live like him because he's living a glorious life. You know why? Because Jamie knows this stuff. He's come to realize it and it's real in his life. Look at this. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. This verse has been blowing me away. So Paul says, since then, therefore, everything I just taught you, since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Look at this. Because you died. No, look at this. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I'm just going to stop there. Your life is now 
hidden with Christ in God. Where's, where's Christ? He's seated at the right hand of God. Okay, hold on. So I'm seated at the right hand of God right now in the heavenly realms? Right? What in the world do you mean? So here's what we need to realize about our life right now if you're a Christian. Where Christ is, right? He says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Well, where is he? So when it says above or heaven, it's not a spatial thing. It's not spatially above. It's not like, oh man, I can't wait to get up there. That's not what it is. Above or heaven is a spiritual realm, a spiritual reality. It's another dimension or reality, listen, with spiritual power that can engage into the body and into your world. Heaven above is a spiritual reality. One author I said, he said, by saving faith, we have entered into another dimension. We possess divine and eternal life, which is not merely endless existence. It's a heavenly quality of life brought to us by the indwelling Lord. Christians, there has been a collision in your heart. So number one, you're raised with Christ and you're seated at the right hand of God. Well, what is the right hand of God? It's the place of honor, privilege, power, and authority. So if you were at the right hand of the king, you were put at the same level. There was an intimacy going on here. If the king said, I want you right here, it's like, I want you close, you had the king's ear. Now here's the question. Why when Jesus died, did he rise from the dead and get seated at the right hand of God the Father? Because he emptied himself of all his glory, he lived a holy life in perfect submission, and he made the ultimate sacrifice. And so when Jesus rose from the dead, the only reason he could rise from the dead is why? Because he had no sin in him. And he rose, the scriptures tell us, because he emptied himself and became a servant and did everything that his father wanted, the father said, I'm placing you at my right hand. I can't, right here, his, the father's heart is just like, oh, Jesus, I love you. I just want to be with you. You're, he just is gushing love. Come on. What's true about you if you're a Christian? What did we just hear? You're in Christ because all your sin got washed away, and you rose with Christ, and now you're seated at the right hand of God, which means what? You're in a place of honor. God is setting you right here, and he's going. He looks at you, and the Bible says, I see no blemish, I see no accusation. He gushes his love on you, because when you receive Christ, all of your sin went away. And now you have God's ear. The Bible says we can come to the throne of grace with confidence to ask for mercy and grace to help us. We can be right in the presence of God because you are. That's amazing. But not only are you at his right hand, he says you died and your life is now hidden with God in Christ. What in the world does that mean? How am I, how are you hidden with Christ in God. So, if you're hidden, it means inside. That's what he says. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Right? When you play hide and seek, guys remember play hide and seek? When you played hide and seek, what did you do? Come on in here. Right? Hey, come on under here. So when the Holocaust happened and they were hiding people, right? Come in. 
It's a place of absolute safety where you are kept safe. You guys, I'm I know this is super deep and spiritual, but it's what's real about you. Your life is now hidden with Christ. You become one with Christ, and Christ is in God, which means you are in God. So you know what he's saying? Chill. Enjoy. Rest. You have no more burden. I mean, if you're sitting out here going, when you pray to God, well, God, I'm trying the best I can and trying to be the best person, and so would you please answer my prayers? You don't get it. It's not about you showing yourself how good you are. No, you died, and all that crud you do died, and it's gone. So you come to God, and you're like, I know this is hard for me. But I look in the mirror, and I go, I am one messed up dude. And Jesus looks at me, and God looks at me and goes, you are without blemish and free from accusation. Come on in, David. I love you. I'm gushing my love on you. I'm telling you, once you believe that, and the enemy of our spiritual soul does not want us to believe that. Because once you really believe that you're in Christ, man, you are free. You are free. If you're not free today, if you're anxious and fearful, if you're angry and bitter, if you're heavy over your sin, if you feel guilty and condemned, then you just don't know what's true about you. Because there's been a collision in your heart. So what does he say to do? Quick application. Then set your heart and your mind on things above. And again, what does above mean? It means that transcendent place of God's presence. Because when I experience his presence, when I know it, I live and I'm free. So you got to set your heart there. You know what the word is? The word's actually seek. Seek the things above. You guys, what's true? All of our hearts are set on something. There's things we want. And what he's saying is, hey, listen, instead of looking to all these other things, again, to satisfy you, remember you have God who has every spiritual blessing ready to give it to you. Set your heart on things above. Set it where you're at. That's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything, so everything else will be added to you. So you got to set your heart on that. And then he says, and you have to set your mind on that. You actually have to think about what is above. And I want to tell you, man, this is where some of us, you got to do the hard work when you are a Christian and you've blown it and there's sin in your life and you feel like God can't forgive you or you lost his favor, then you still don't totally believe the gospel. You're still buying into the lie that your behavior and your righteousness is what gets you favor with God. And the good news is, no, when you receive Christ, he took, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but he took your sin away and you have to think about that. You have to fight, right? What did Jesus say? The work of God is to believe. You gotta fight, and the way you fight is you gotta think, this is what's true. I am forgiven, and right now, I'm in his presence. Those are the two things right there that this whole thing's about. I am forgiven, and I'm in his presence. I am forgiven, and I'm in his presence. I am forgiven, and I'm in his presence. I am forgiven, and God is with me. I'm telling you, man, you grasp and believe those two things. Now, you don't have to go, now i got to try to be good. No. 
Once you get that reality inside you, the Spirit just fills you up and you start living the life that he had for you. Romans 8, 5 says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. See, you hear what Paul's saying? If you're living a life, even as a Christian, and you're stumbling and falling and living a life that's in accordance with things that are not of God, then for some reason, your mind's actually set there. Your mind's set there. So instead, set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Set your mind on your reality. He goes, he goes, because if you do, guess what? You'll start living in accordance with the Spirit. You are forgiven. And you're in God's presence right now. There is no chasm anymore between you and God. That barrier has been demolished in Christ. I'm in him. I'm with him. And he's with me every moment of every day. So man, if you're a believer, I'm telling you, this is why you gotta spend time with him every day. Because I'm telling you, it's hard to believe this. You gotta take time to set your mind on that. This is why you gotta be in a life together group so you can be with other people who are fighting to believe this and encourage each other with this. This is why you show up on a Sunday to remind yourself and to hear what's true about you. Okay? And man, if you're not a Christian, I, I hope you heard today and I just would love to invite you today. You can receive Christ. And you know what's cool? It's all God's work. You don't work for a cotton pick and think. He said, all of this is from God who reconciled us. You don't reconcile yourself to God. You just finally go, God, I want you in me. I receive Christ and his forgiveness. And I want a new heart. And he'll come in and you will experience spiritual collision inside your heart. It's called eternal life. So here's how we're going to close. Perfect way to close today. Right there, right back here, right over here, two tables in the back. We are going to celebrate what? What do we call it? Communion. Interesting. Do you see why now? Because if you're a Christian, take communion. If you're not yet, then don't take communion because it, it won't make any sense for you. But once you become a Christian, Jesus says, you need to do this over and over and over again. Because <laughs> you need to remember that when you receive me, you take my body, which means my life, and it was broken for you, and you take it in you because that's your reality. You remember I'm in you. And you remember that you're in me. And then take that cup and you drink it down, and you just remember that when you, were, when you received me, you died with me, and my blood made peace for you. I received the punishment for your sin. You will never, ever, ever be punished for your sin. How cool is that? So come up here and remember what he's done for you. God is not only with us. God is in us. All right? So at any time you feel free as the band leads us in worship, hit your communion stages and have that communion with God.